boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to my Two Cents Podcast, episode 28, which is entitled... I said, Kobe, there's no I in team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an ME in that motherfucker. Now, before I get into my topics for today's episode, I want to break down the National Food Days for the week. Today being July 27th, today is Orange Blossom Day. Tomorrow, June 28th, is Tapioca Day. After that, June 29th. Almond Butter Crunch Day, Mar- June 30th, Mai Tai Day, July 1st, Ginger Snap Day, July 2nd, Anazette Day, and July 3rd, Chocolate Wafer Day. Now, before I get into my topics again, I apologize. I'm going to be reading off the AEW results since last night was AEW, and Saturday morning I did put out my wrestling highlights of the week without AEW because I wasn't going to wait until AEW Saturday night and then you will get double dose on Sunday. I thought that would have been too much. So here's the AEW results from last night, Saturday. First match of the night was Hangman Page going against Will Hobbs. Hangman Adam Page beat Will Hobbs by pinfall by hitting him with a dead eye. Ricky Starks and Hook was trying to help out Will Hobbs by giving him the FTW title and wanting him to hit Hangman Page with it. But before he could give, before Ricky Starks could give off the FTW title to Will Hobbs, Brian Cage came out and took the FTW belt from Ricky Starks and chased Ricky Starks back up the ramp. And that allowed Adam Page to hit Will Hobbs with the dead eye. Now, after this match, you had Conan and Tully Blanchard have an in ring face off one another. Conan is representing. Proud and Powerful Santana and Ortiz, while FTR is being represented by Tully Blanchard. The main point of this is to be uh, head games between Conan and Tully Blanchard, one-upsmanship, a game of one-upsmanship. And when this happened, you had Conan basically throwing out real-life shots to Tully Blanchard, talking about how Tully needs to learn how to speak Spanish because in the future, everybody's going to be speaking Spanish, especially people in his family. He was meaning by his daughter, Tessa Blanchard, is engaged to a fellow wrestler, Daga, who is Hispanic. So, Tully Blanchard came back and hit Conan with, I know how to speak Spanish. But you, my friend, are going to learn that whenever you come and mess around with FTR, you're going to be laid out. And when my boys come out here to lay you out, this is going to be the last time anybody's going to see you on AEW. Yes, Conan had his big shining moment on AEW, but what happened was Conan got laid out. That was Tully Blanchard's whole main point, and that's exactly what happened. K-Dog thought that he was going to have Santana Ortiz watching his back, but Santana Ortiz was jumped backstage by FTR, and whenever Conan turned around, the two members that were behind him were not Santana Ortiz. They were, in fact, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler FTR, and they started putting the boots to Conan, and they hit Conan with a spiked power drive, spiked power driver. And they laid out Conan, so this continues on the pinnacle and inner circle rivalry. And that wasn't the last ambush that would happen in the night. Uh, Earlier in the day, Sammy Guevara 
got attacked by Sean Spears when Sean Spears hit him with a steel chair in the arm. And that was a direct message from F, uh, MJF that uh, he wanted Sean Spears to give to Sammy Guevara. And continuing on, MJF had a backstage promo with himself, Warlow, and Sean Spears talking to Alex Marvez. And MJF explained why he had Sean Spears attack Sammy Guevara because next, this Saturday, not next, this Saturday, I'm sorry, this upcoming Wednesday will be the final AEW that they have inside of Daly's Place. And the main event of this AEW Dynamite will be MJF going against Sammy Guevara. The future going against the future of AEW. And MGF just wanted to weaken Sammy Guevara and to make his uh, match much more easier. And he talked about how last week he attacked Dean Malenko, a 60-some-odd-year-old man who has uh, Parkinson's, and he doesn't belong in the ring. And this led to Chris Jericho and Jake Hager attacking Warlow and Sean Spears. They took it, at, took it from the backstage and brought it in front of the crowd in the ring and the pinnacle of Sean Spears, Warlow and MGF had the upper hand and they started putting the boots to Jake Hager and Chris Jericho to the fact that Sean Spears had a steel chair and he was about to pot bash uh, Jericho's arm with the steel chair but Sammy Guevara came out and saved uh, Jericho from getting his arm bashed in and which made MGF and Warlow both bolt out of the ring while Sean Spears took a beating from uh, Sammy Guevara. After this, you had Ethan Page going against Bear Bronson in a one-on-one -on -one match, but Ethan Page beat Bear Bronson by pinfall by hitting him with the ego's drop. And after the match, Ethan Page challenged Darby Allen, Allen to a coffin match on July 7th at their little special event that they're having on AEW on a Wednesday night, July 7th. After this, you had Chris Statlander going against the Bunny, and Chris Statlander beat the Bunny by hitting her with the Big Bang Theory. It's basically a reversal of the Deadeye when you see it. Uh, and after the match, TH2 and the Butcher beat down on Orange Cassidy, and they laid Orange Cassidy out when the Butcher hit Orange Cassidy with, in the face with brass knuckles while TH2 was holding Orange Cassidy up. And after this beatdown, you had the main event, Kenny Omega going against Jungle Boy. And Kenny Omega beat Jungle Boy by pinfall by hitting him with the one-wing angel to retain his AEW championship. And after the match, Kenny Omega was about to hit Jungle Boy again with the AEW title, but Christian Cage came out and made the save for Jungle Boy. And as he was doing this, he got attacked by Private Party and Matt Hardy. And then Christian Cage was able to uh, handle his own on that, and then he got jumped again by the Young Bucks. So at the end of AEW, you had the Private Party, Matt Hardy, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega both standing tall over Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. That's how they ended off AEW. Now that I gotten that out of the way, let me just say this. I'm happy that this was Pride Month, and I'm happy that all these... Uh, people came out and the um, people are starting to become themselves and be themselves and everything else. What I don't like is how a business was able to capitalize on somebody coming out. And the man that I'm talking about is um, a kicker, I believe. No, 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 no. 
is right here. I'm not sure what position he plays, but his name is Carl Nassib. He came out this week as a member of the LGBTQ community. He's a gay man, and they tried to call him the first ever NFL uh, openly gay player, in which I didn't like that because that's not technically true. The first ever openly gay NFL player was a man named Michael Sam, who was getting drafted into the NFL in 2014. And he became the first publicly gay player to be drafted in the NFL, but he was the first openly gay player as well to be in the NFL. I didn't like how the NFL tried to discredit Michael Sam and put first actively gay player in the NFL for this guy, Carl Nassif. I understand they want to try to put that there, but there's a distinct difference. Michael Sam did it earlier in 2014. He paved the way for this guy, Carl Nassif, to come out and be himself and everything else. But back in 2014, Michael Sam got ridiculed. He was supposed to get drafted way above when he did get drafted. He got drafted. He was a 249th pick in the 2014 draft. He was supposed to go in the first round, not rounds later. The first round, because there was so much hype around Michael Sam. And then when he came out to being gay, his stock immediately dropped. There was not many jersey sales and everything else. And you get the drift. He got basically released sometime soon, sometime later. And his, uh, from what I'm understanding, his jersey didn't sell that well. And you know whenever somebody's jersey sell well, they start making a big deal out of a superstar. They start making a big deal out of the person saying his jerseys went up and everything else. That would have been a big overarching hyping point for Michael Sam. But that didn't happen. Unlike Carl Nassib, who now, whenever, his, uh, whenever he came out to being gay, the NFL was so happy and elated because now we're in a different time of 2021 and everybody's accepting of it and yada, yada, yada. But his jersey sales, his jersey started getting sold out left and right. People started grabbing his jerseys up and there was articles about it and everything else out the wazoo. The thing that I don't like about it is that one's a black man, one's a white man. And, and by God, people want to say, Gerald, you're playing the race card again. You have to look at race when we talk about these type of different opportunities yes we can say it's a different time and era but you have to look at the biggest overarching point that it does have to do with race this was a racial matter again ladies and gentlemen michael sam was a black man dominant and he was supposed to get drafted higher than what he did get drafted in the 2014 draft while this white man Carl Nassib, I don't know what position he plays. Personally, I don't care because I watch football for players just to get their head taken off. That's all I personally ever care to watch football about. And also see the touchdown celebration whenever people do score a touchdown and make the catches. I'm not going to lie, I do enjoy that. But majority of the time I watch for people to get their head get taken clean off or, if anything, some altercations on the football field. That's all I watch football for. So I'm not sure what position he plays, and I personally don't care. But he came out... Congratulations for him. I don't like how the NFL did Michael Sam dirty by trying to discredit him by saying Michael Sam wasn't the first gay active player. No, Michael Sam was the first gay, openly gay player to be drafted in the NFL, and he was the first openly gay active player in the NFL as well. Don't try to discredit this black man for that. Don't try to discredit him and give it off to a white boy. Don't do that. I see what you're trying to do. Don't do that with me. Don't do that. That's not fair to Michael Sam. That's not fair at all. 
we are supposed to be trying to change the way here and trying to make everything better, quote unquote, as a big marketing and business thing. This is what I was talking about, LGBTQ community. They took one person's shine, literally the only shine that he got, and they were able to take, strip him away all that and try to throw it onto somebody else by saying, well, he didn't actively play into the NFL. They tried to make it like some other deal by putting that little ascension. Well, he didn't actively play in the NFL. He was kind of on a practice squad and all this, the secondary squad and everything else. He didn't actively play. No, Michael Sam played in the NFL. He was openly gay. You give him that title. He laid the groundwork for a guy like Carl Nassau to be out. He laid that groundwork. So give that up to Michael Sam. Don't ever try to take him away, take that credit away from him and try to give it all to this white boy. No disrespect to the white boy. It's just easy to spot out when you see something like this. That's, I had to get that out of my, off of my chest. Now, another thing that I want to get off my chest is that when I was doing summer work, summer school work, uh, I was watching YouTube, well, technically having music played in the background as I was doing my school work, and I didn't, and something came and caught my eye. It was, in my suggestion videos, it was Derek Chauvin's uh, trial hearing, not trial hearing, but sentencing hearing. I didn't know that he was being sentenced this week. You knew that he was, let me tell you the difference about something. Derek Chauvin's case was publicized everywhere. You couldn't go without it seeing on your phone, without your cell phone lighting up and telling you, hey, the trial case with Derek Chauvin starts this day. And they give you updates and updates and updates constantly as the trial was going right? They did not tell you, hey, the Derek Chauvin case was, well, his sentencing was happening today. My phone didn't alert me of nothing saying, hey, you need to turn tune into the Derek Chauvin sentencing deal. It didn't do none of that. It didn't do nothing of that sort, but hey, whatever. I go and I watch the sentencing and Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, Derek Chauvin got 22 and a half years, and they are giving him credit for being in jail for 199 days, so you can knock off 199 days off that 22 and a half years. Now, the funny thing that to me is that, well, well, not really funny, is that the judge was dancing around in his whole little uh, test, not even testimony, but before he laid down his sentencing on Derek Chauvin. He told the courtroom point blank, my job as a judge is not to set an example for people. My judge is, my job as a judge is to lay out a fair sentencing to someone under the law of which that whatever crime they committed. And he's not going to break down why he did it. He wrote down a 22 page manifesto about why he did the 22-and-a-half-year sentence that he did for Derek Chauvin. And whenever he started dancing around it, I was living in my seat. I slapped the devil out of my armchair, and I said, by God, the George family is going to get screwed by this. He is going to screw them over. And when I heard the 22-and-a-half years in prison, I was like, okay. But I wanted more because I wanted him to. I wanted this guy, Derek Chauvin, to be spending a life in 
prison without the possibility of parole. Now, you might say to me, Gerald, he got 22 and a half years. Don't you think that's kind of enough? Not really in the big grand scheme of things. Because when you look and think about think about certain people that are in jail right now for doing less crimes than what Derek Chauvin did. And Derek Chauvin is a police officer. He was a police officer and he has the highest job of the land technically to protect and serve. That's in the job title of a police officer. And he did not protect and serve anybody in that community whenever he killed George Floyd. That wasn't protecting and serving. He did that out of pure malice. You can feel somebody's heart beating straight up through the neck. That's why you, whenever you see EMT people try to see if they could catch a pulse, they put their hands right on the person's neck. And what do you see? They see nothing whenever they try to do George Floyd's neck. They got nothing. He was dead because of Derek Chauvin's knee. And as I'm going back to this, I want you guys to listen to something that my mom sent to me. The video is of a guy explaining the differences of three different men that are sentenced to life in prison for performing less crime, well, a less offense than what uh, Derek Chauvin did by killing George Floyd. So I'm about to get the audio up so you guys can listen to it. And let me hit it up right now. So Derek Chauvin got 22 and a half years in prison with eligibility for parole in 15. Let's meet some other people who got life in prison and what they did. This is Alan Russell. He was sentenced to life in prison for having one and a half ounces of marijuana. And this is Paul Carter. He is serving life in prison without a chance for parole for possession of a trace amount of heroin that was so small it could not even be weighed. And this is Timothy Jackson. He's serving life without parole for shoplifting a $139 jacket. And this is Derek Chauvin. He got 22 and a half years for kneeling on George Floyd's neck until he died. Now, as you can hear from that video clip, he explained the three different dynamics and three differences that those all those three men did. And each of those three men got life sentences, literally about parole, while Derek Chauvin, who killed a man, got 22 and a half years with a, well, after spending 15 years in jail, he can get out on parole. That is sickening. He should be in jail for the rest of his life, literally without parole, because you are a police officer. You have the highest job of the land, technically, under, like, a judge, technically, under the law. You're here to protect and serve. And whenever people that are in that position of power do, uh, bad, do a bad job or they are a filthy officer, they should be going to jail for the rest of their life. Not because, well, generally they are under stress. If they're under stress, they should never took the job. They know what the job comes with. Just like if somebody's going to be a doctor. You can't be a doctor and decide, you know what, I'm going to do a botched job on somebody and think nothing's going to happen to you. No, if you do a botched job on somebody, you're going to have to pay some heavy repercussions, and I think you should be going to jail for that. Not because you didn't try your best. Certain doctors don't try their best, and they just do a botched job because, well, and eh, we're going to get some money off of this person. No, you're supposed to do it because you took an oath. And as an officer, you took an oath, technically, to protect and serve the people of your community. And Derek Chauvin didn't do that. He failed his community. He failed the people that he was supposed to protect and serve. And with that, he should be spending the rest of his life in jail. But since, hey, he did, he's not spending the rest of his life in jail, 
I only can tell you what I think. And this is coming from CNN right now. His sentence uh, exceeds the Minnesota sentencing guideline range of 10 and 8 months to 15 years for the crime. That's coming from CNN. I didn't know that under that sentence of 22 and a half years, it exceeded what he was, well, under the Minnesota uh, sentencing guideline of 10 and 8 months to 15 years for the crime. So he got more years under the Minnesota law, technically. But he, as a police officer, I think that should be a universal thing under America since we're supposed to hold police officers in such high regard since they have a big, dangerous job. You should be sentenced to life in jail if you end up killing somebody because you felt like it. And watching that video, Derek Chauvin felt like killing George Floyd. And there's nobody, nothing anybody can say to me that makes me change my mind on that. You can't say nothing to me on that. But I digress. I've gotten to those two topics that are prevalent to me that I re that like really came out, like really stuck out like a sore thumb to me because I really just want to get into you guys my uh, thought on um, there's no I, there is no I in threesome, which I have that uh, review for you and you're about to listen to it, which me and a guest of mine, uh, basically reviewed it and gave our uh, idea on what we felt about this film. And I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Here is me and my guest's opinion on uh, There Is No I in Threesome. I hope you guys enjoy the review. Now I'm back here with my brother over here, Joseph Garrett. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I am Joseph Garrett. Nice to meet you all. Okay, now, do you want to tell people where you are located on social media first before we deep dive into this? Uh, YouTube at Prince Garrett. That's it? Yeah. That tells you how much I know about my brother's social media tags. I do need to do I mean, that. I usually don't use all their social media, so... Okay, yep, but yeah, you can find them on YouTube at Prince Garrett. Alright, let's get into it. There's no I in threesome. Let me give you guys the backstory. If there's no I in threesome, there's no I in threesome is starring a man. Well, it's a documentary slash film, and I will dig more into that. But getting to the point, the main characters of this actual film is Zoe Marshall and Oliver Lux. The main story of it is that they're in an open relationship. They're engaged. However, they are both bisexual, so you know that both of them will be dealing with, well, any and everybody. Uh. I don't want to tell more if you haven't really seen it. I want everybody to see it on HBO Max, but this is just me and my brother's, uh, not even going to say expert opinion, but this is just our opinion on the film itself. So be warned, you're about to be spoiled with me and him talking. That's the way I would like to just handle this. So before I get into my suggestions and my opinions on it, I want to let my brother go first. Nick, you want to say something? Go first about what? I mean, what part are we going to talk about? The whole We're going to talk about the whole film, man. The whole film was a mess. All right, he gives off that said it was a hot mess. All right, let me give my uh, full opinion on the movie in documentary. I find it very interesting. My first thought is, after watching this documentary, is that anybody that's thinking about doing an open relationship needs to watch this. This should be literally recommended. If you're thinking about even doing an open relationship, watch this film. I'll say the title again. There's no I in threesome. You need to watch this. This is a recommendation. You have to watch this to tell you how an open relationship might start off good. And you think you have your emotions down packed. And you know what you should be doing. But in the end, 
It always causes problems. There's always going to be problems. Sometimes you can fix the problems in these little small instances, but in these big over these big instances, there's no way you can fix them. Matter of fact, I'll just throw out a statistic number for me. This is my own thinking. I think a good 10% of people, if you have an open relationship, you can fix that open relationship and be like, okay, you guys will all have your checks emotion. You can have your all your emotions in check. But I believe a good 90% of people in relationships will never have their emotions in check because they're going to be so jealous of seeing their other partner with somebody and spend the time with that person. Just like in the film. There's one part, particularly in the movie, where my man, Oliver, is seeing his girl get piped down by the dude <laughs> in FaceTime. You don't see it, but you hear the effects going down. And then they cut to the camera shot of him just in, just watching her. And not even watching her, but you see, like, the girl get up, and you see the dude laying out all exhausted. And you see Oliver just sit there like, oh, Okay, and then him just trying to have a conversation with the dude that his girlfriend, his fiance, is piping down, and the guy is telling homeboy literally to be quiet. I'm trying to like relax mess, here. I'm trying to relax and screw your wife here, and he's like, oh, okay. And then you see the fiance come back and ask him, okay, what do you boys talk about? And they try to make up some type of crappy excuse, and then the wife has to tell her. Fiance, okay, that's enough for you to watch. That's enough for you to watch today. So I'm about to finish him off. Yeah, she tells him point blank to his face. I'm about to finish him off. That breaks the sight of a man's psyche. I don't care who you are. She got you're, messed up. She was about to get messed up. In you're, car. you're telling me that you about to finish man's off. Well, nah, that would break. <laughs> that would mess me up psychologically in the skull. That would mess me up. I don't know how he would even had the idea to want to see that. Here's Johnny. See, the thing is, if you're in an open relationship, my idea, if you're in an open relationship, why would you want to see your partner get into any relationship with the same, not even same sex, but the opposite sex? AKA, why would I want to see my girl get piped down by another dude? I mean, it's somebody fetish to get cut, but I'm guessing that's his fetish. One of his fetishes is getting cut. See, that might be... I mean, it's like almost every, I can't say every rich person, almost every rich person that you see them going to a hotel or even a sex party and then be the one looking at his wife or even the wife looking at the guy, either piping down somebody else or they getting piped down. Like, that's a thing called cuckolding that a lot of people, for some reason, that's not my thing. But a lot of people think, I'm just like, okay, y'all have fun with that. Ladies and gentlemen, layman's term of cucking is whenever you see your partner screw around with somebody else and you're watching it. That's what cucking is. That's all that is. We could go deeper down into it. But we're not going to go deep down into the definition or anything else. That's what we're not going to do. See, we're here just to talk about our opinion of this. I'm not even going to say cinema masterpiece. I give it it a good, solid... Four out of five film documentary slash. I thought film. you were gonna say four out of ten. I'm like, nah, I'm nah, not four out of ten. No, nah. The movie this 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 film was good and it shows off the human psyche of a man and a woman. If you really want to be honest, it breaks down the emotions of both. But let me backtrack on everything. The film starts with them standing on top of a diving board in a university-style pool. I want to say that's a university. 
either way, they're on the top. They're both straight up naked. They have a, they have the GoPro cameras on their head. They go count down to one, two, three. You see him jump off, him jump into the water, and then it flashes into back timing. It starts at present day and it goes back. So oh, it starts off. Yeah, that's what happens. Mm. At least that's what I'm thinking. What happens? Oh, that was when after. I think that was when they dived in and then they proceed after that day forward. No, I think that's... You'll see the film, but... Okay. But it just started that way, yeah. <clears throat> yes. My man, it starts off with telling you exactly who the these two people are that you're watching is. Oliver and Zoe. Or as he goes by in this film, Ollie. And he talks about how they're in an open relationship. They're expecting to get married. They're doing this documentary from... Uh, six months before the marriage and they're planning on ending the documentary literally at the marriage after this experiment has been done. And the experiment is they're going to have an open relationship. They're but two bisexual people. They're exploring their sexuality with one another and they have rules for each other. The rules are you have to tell each other about the person that you're sleeping with with some time in advance. You have to tell them who they are and you have to tell them that you slept with them literally like the day after you did it. You gotta they gotta have a conversation about this. Was there one more rule? Because I believe that's like their two big main rules that they actually do got. Because that's what uh, I took from it. I mean, there was some other rules up there. I don't... I think it's like they have to overcome jealousy. That was oh, yeah. They couldn't let their emotions get into it. You, Their main priority of the experiment was you put your partner's happiness above everything, above else. everything else. So, aka, if she's happy, you have to be happy. You guys have to be Technically, in the marriage term, if she's happy, you're happy. You both have to be happy. You got to put each other's emotions in check. But that's clearly, and I mean clearly, that didn't happen in this situation. Let me fast forward and try to make this not long-winded. She is an actress. She has to go away for to get actressing parts, as any actress would do. So they continue this experiment off that she goes off, and do their work and everything else, but they are still able to see other people in this situation. You see, in the beginning segments of the film, she is getting busy with other people. It ain't even hard for her to find people to even smash and kiss up and everything else. They show it directly in the film to start everything else. Her filling up on somebody, kissing up on a person, going to town, while homeboy is on his bike, going to work every day, not messing with anybody, and then we he's talking to her. Anybody. Well, we're about to get into that. He goes to work. He FaceTimes her whenever he comes back from work and talks to her. The only time he did have a date with somebody was whenever he wanted to ex- explore his, uh, the bisexualness, a.k.a. as in talking to a dude. He went on a date with a dude named Tom. And Tom's going to be a real... It's, it's, a, funny, it's a funny parallel. It's whenever an we iconic get name in this movie. It's a funny parallel when you think about when we get to this. He goes on a dude named Tom, but on the date, he's straight up walks into the date recording everything, and the date gets put off by him recording, and it flashes literally to, within 10 seconds, him outside of the pub or wherever they met him at, and he's talking to the camera. Oh, the bar. And he sits there on the ground, and he looks at the camera and says, well, it's nine, it's a quarter past nine. And I just got off of my date with Tom. 
and yeah, I should not have recorded. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have recorded. So, aka, that was a straight up strikeout for Manzo over here. You see him, then flash over to him. I believe talking to his girl. Um, I want to say yes. I'm not sure because mm, a lot happened. Anyway, I'm just going to get you the main points here. She ends up dating a dude named Tom. And Tom, this now Tom, is a guy that's her director for the... uh, Project. A project. Project or Broadway, not Broadway, but like the play that she's going to be doing. So he's a director of her play. So now she hooks up with this guy named Tom, but she ends up telling her her fiancé before she does this. And the guy seems, and the fiancé seems cool with it. He seems fine because he knows that they have an agreement and everything else. She even asks her fiancé, okay, have you been on dates and everything since I've been gone? He said you've been on one and it didn't go well. And she's telling him to go ahead, get back on that horse, try out more dating sites and everything else. And the fiancé is so, like, trying to not, not, I'm going to, okay. Oliver is going to, is was trying to not show his depression to his fiancé, Zoe, on the FaceTime call. Trying to be was, happy for her. Yes, he was not trying to be depressing, but whenever you see the film, you can see in his face, man's had a complete different reaction to everything in the film. Come on in. Matter of fact, come on in. Because I want to have, have your take on something, Kev. Come on in. All right. Come here. Come here for a minute. We watched the movie There's No Eye for Threesome. You can watch it on HBO Max later. Got a question for you, bro. In the film, we see a guy. We see a guy named Ollie. He's in a relationship with a girl named Zoe, right? And they have an open relationship. And in this open relationship, you know what open relationship is. She can talk to people and do other things. She can talk to people and do other things. They're both bisexual, so they can basically talk to anybody. Getting to the point, would you see your girl smashing somebody on FaceTime? Because that's what Mans did in this film. He was literally watching his girl get smashed out on FaceTime. How okay, come into the mic more because they didn't they didn't hear that. No, nah, she's real disrespectful for that one. Why 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 would you say disrespect? If y'all got an agreement to it, cool. Y'all got an agreement to it, but I'm not about to watch you get smashed by another dude. You know, y'all do that on your own private. It's like I'm not gonna put myself on face on me smashing another woman. That's disrespectful. If y'all got an agreement, cool. But don't show each other it. No. You don't want to see your girl get smashed no. out. No. <laughs> That's okay. Just just wanted to throw it out there. So if your girl were to ever invite another girl into your into your bed, no, you're not you know you're saying no to that. No, because then she gonna want to do. No, I don't. I don't like. No, what happens if she don't even want to do? I don't like to share. You just don't like share. Period. You ain't trying to have no girl in there. No, no, no. If I had to lose my girl to a guy or a girl, I'd rather lose her to a girl. But I'm not about to invite that into my home. Of course, we're not. Listen, every guy's ego will rather have their girl get lost to a girl because we always have to say we were the last one with her before she made the transition. Yeah, that's the ego side of us. Okay, cool, whatever. But I'm saying is, you wouldn't if your girl were to. No. So that's Still straight no. solid. No. Still no. I, I'm telling you, watch this later or whenever you have time. Watch. There's no I threesome. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No. It's yes. No. I'm yes. Mad. No. I'm good. You need to watch it. You need I'm gonna to get, watch look, it. I'm going to get mad for Mans, and I ain't watched the movie yet. I'm going to get mad for him. 
Just watch it. I'm telling you, watch it. Mm-hmm. Now getting back to it. Mans saw his girl get piped out and everything else, but long story short, she gets emotionally connected to the man Tom. She is so emotionally connected to him that homeboy Ollie finds a girl, uh, Shauna. No, Siobhan. Siobhan, yeah. And he has to tell uh, Zoe that he makes, he is now with Siobhan at the moment. They're cool and everything else. That's his little, uh, what do they call him? What do they call him? What? Friends with benefits, in a way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now he has her as a friends with benefits deal. So, he tells Zoe this, and Zoe, you can tell on the FaceTime call, wasn't too happy about it. Even though they have an agreement or anything, yeah, you're cool, you can mess around with other people. You can see it in the face. She, uh, she wasn't alright with it. You know what I find funny? Nothing like Siobhan was more happy to oblige for Zoe, like, if she felt uncomfortable, wanted to stop, have, like, Zoe wanted Siobhan to stop messing with Ollie and be like, hey, I'm not cool with you messing with him. Siobhan would have been, she said, okay, I'll fine, I'll leave him alone, I'll be on my merry way. Tom, on the other hand, would have had problems. Yeah, Tom Tom wasn't trying to give up Zoe. Tom knew that Zoe was in a relationship. She knew He knew this was nothing but going to be a fun time. He knew this, but he pushed the boundaries. He told Zoe that he loved her and that he wanted to have babies mm-hmm. with her. Yep. Now, that's out of pocket for this. Even though you know that you are not with this person, you know you're supposed to have a good time, you know what it is. You push out of pocket. That's being disrespectful. Off rip. Facts. You know that. You know your role. You know your role. You're the side piece. Play the side piece role. He couldn't do that. He couldn't. No, yeah, no, no. mostly. He didn't he want and to. He her. No, he didn't want to do that. Of course. Siobhan, and she was cool playing the side the, piece role. The thing is, Zoe should have even put her foot up to that and be like, no, you can't say something like that to her. But as you can tell, Zoe was, oh yeah, Zoe had a friend here. Her friend was documenting her half of like the portion whenever they went to dances and sex shops and everything else. She would talk to Zoe about uh, Tom and even Ollie. And she would ask Zoe, okay, how does she feel about Tom? And you could tell in the film, Zoe felt conflicted in how she felt about Tom. She wanted to, she knew that she still wanted to be with Ollie, but you could tell in the way that she was talking that she couldn't let Tom, like, go. So, long story short, she ends up not with Ollie. She ends up with Tom. She calls up Ollie to tell him, hey, yo, I want to uh, end the relationship. And Ollie is depressed. Ollie... Why well, devastated? Ollie's depressed, devastated. I mean, every, every word you want to use in a book for a sad man. Or as the phrase would say, he's a shell of a man. He's a shell of himself. He's not the man that he used to be. Honestly, he just made him ride the lightning after that one. <laughs> the man was not, he wasn't the same. He went, he lost weight because he wasn't eating. He wasn't trying to lose weight. He just was, he just couldn't eat. Uh, he didn't know how to carry on his relationship with Siobhan. He let, Siobhan had to call it off. Uh, no, I thought he did No, no he Siobhan called it off. Could have sworn he's the one to call it off because he's like, I had to let Siobhan go. No, she called it off because you could tell when he said, I've lost Zoe, I lost Siobhan. Mm-hmm. 
He he was a shell of himself. That's what happened. The ending of the story was, as you already heard from me, he ends up getting the, well, Zoe calls the wedding off, everything else, yada, yada, yada. The big twist in the film was, or documentary is that, this documentary slash film was straight up off the idea, not even off the idea, this is based off of a real relationship that Oliver, the man was in it, his real relationship, but the girl that was in it was not his real girlfriend. This was an actress playing off a his girlfriend, his real-life girlfriend, that gave him permission to basically make this film-slash-documentary. I'm still calling this a documentary because I don't care what nobody says. He has to recreate literal events that happened in his life, and he was able to use his portion of the film that he did do years ago. He was actually able to use the original film thing but whenever it came down to any parts with his girl, old girlfriend and himself, he had to recreate that with the actress in himself. So I still call this a documentary slash film. This is my first time I've ever seeing anything like of this nature. I still call that film. I mean, it's a, it, I'll call it a true story film. Okay, I can roll with that. Okay, true story film. I roll there with that. I'll roll with that. Because that is, yeah, all that did happen. Yeah, but it was like, again, you had actress, like an actress now and other. Oh, yeah, actress, and Tom was an actress. Actor, too. Exactly. So, yeah. I think Siobhan was also the girl. No, that was a real Siobhan. Oh, that was a real Siobhan? That was a real Siobhan. His mom was real. His best friend was real. The only actor and actress was literally Tom and the his ex-girlfriend, Zoe. That was oh, yeah. the only two actors in it. So, I'll roll with your thing. A uh, true life movie. A true life film. Yeah, I'll roll with that. Story. I like that, I like that mm. one better. Because saying the documentary film was kind of jumbled up yeah. and mixed the two. But, Put yeah. a title on it. Oh, yeah. It's a big <laughs> title. But what this... got me messed up? Wait a minute. What got me messed up with the whole boyfriend-husband thing also? It's like... Yeah, they would use that term, boyfriend-husband. You would think they want to say fiancé, but people are trying to get rid of the titles, the monogamy titles. They're trying to get rid of that. That's the new thing that people are trying to get rid of. Me, I've already said it, and I that think no if, hey, listen, I already said it with mom, bro. I'm never getting married, so this will always be my partner. <laughs> that will always be my partner, or I will call her by her name. But that's about it. I'm not, I'm not, that husband and wife title drags a lot of things down. Certain people are able to achieve greatness, or not even greatness. Certain people are able to constitute and make a marriage work, even though they last long and everything else. Certain people are able to make it work. And not have no problems. Usually in marriages, people have problems in a marriage. Usually people are just, they're not the same. After that wedding, after the wedding happens, they get their nice little honeymoon. Yeah, that's their last couple of free, couple of days of living out this fantasy of fiance and fiance business until they get back to the world and they're back home. And then they got to change up everything and say, okay, you're, you are me and you together as one. Changing the last names if you do do it. But we're legally, on the government's eye, one. Well, I also find funny, it's like whenever people go on their honeymoon, they're just spending more money. Yeah. It's like you're really through like a big wedding, and then now you're bringing more money to go on a vacation. Shouldn't well, the wedding already be your little celebration, and then you go home and relax? <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll get into that in a whole another episode or something, bro, but I'm not... Listen, I, I already have my feelings about that. I have my feelings about that wholehearted for a long period of time about that, but I'll get back to I'll get to that in another episode. My, my initial thing is whenever you see this true life film, you're going to feel more s- sad for the man than you will the fiancé here. I hate it. And he even mentioned that 
in this film, he is more victim than in real life because when you show, because he even shows parts of past footage, like whenever you realize that this is a documentary film or a true life film, when the whole thing is popped at the end. He shows you clips of how he was back then, talking about how he put his career over his relationship whenever he had a conversation with the real Zoe in the film. No, I thought he said he put it equal because he said my career is as important as you are. They will think that he would put him over, that he would put his career over to him. Because remember, when he even, because remember, in the conversation that he had with her, she asked, what happened if we don't have enough money? He said, "Well, we're gonna have to push the, we're gonna have to push it back." Yeah, postpone the wedding. Yeah. Postpone the wedding instead of because she made it because it was a cons, uh, question about uh, the dog filming or the wedding, and he still wanted to do the filming more than the wedding if they were low of money. Mm-hmm. So he put the business of filming over the relationship. So they're still gonna say that he put his business, his career over his relationship. The thing is, we don't even know if she wanted a big wedding or not. Same with him. Because some guy, I know suppose the majority is the woman's side, always talking about a big wedding. He might have wanted a big wedding too. So We don't know. We only could get we only could work with what they gave us in the film and that's all I'm working with here. That's all I can work with. But the thing is, this true film, this true life story here basically made you understand the concept that emotions are real. I don't care how much planning you thought or how much planning you put into this. Your emotions are going to take over every time. Jealousy and anger are blood brothers. They are blood brothers. You saw the movie Inside Out. You had happy, nervous, uh, anger, sadness, and what was the green one? The green one was disgust. Disgust. All of them are emotional uh, right. family. Right. But <laughs> if Red had a brother named Jealousy, them boys would be blood brothers. There's no way you can separate those two. They'll be conjoined at the hip. That's all right. They'll make an inside too with that. Huh, they might inside. Hey, if they do make it inside out too, and they do that, just know you heard it first from here, and I ain't going to front. I'm a front Disney with and that. Pleasure. So you have you could use pleasure. Nah, you can't use pleasure for that because that that there'll be too many adult innuendos. And then and Disney I mean, does this. Disney does it. Yeah. But that that'll be too overt. That'll I mean, be too then again, overt. I mean, but then again, only way we can do that is if they do it inside out like too. But like she's teenaging up. I mean, even at the location, the kids still get pleasure playing with their toys. Nikki, that's not Nikki. that way. I know Nick, but you know how people are going to try to flip that. So like I said, the only way they can do that is if they make it inside out too. She's starting to turn into a teenager, and then you can start to flip that, just like the Incredibles. Whenever Violet turned, not even blush in the face, she turned invisible off of being nervous of seeing Homeboy from the first one. I got, I got so like you said, they can flip that. And, but she I'll was say only a teenager, even back in the morning. That's what I'm they saying. Inside Out 2 could flip it. No, I'm saying they just devolved more into her character this time around. Yes, Inside first. Out. Again, if Disney ends up doing this, let you be known that you heard that here first. And I ain't going to front. Disney got to cut a check. I will be coming up for that. And if not, give me some merch. Give merch. That's what I want. Because <laughs> I know we ain't going to get money out of them. That's ridiculous. That's not gonna happen. So merch, I'll set that right easy, cool. Getting- That's not funny. How do we get it from inside out? We went from 
there's no eye. There's no eye. There's no eye. Because, because, about, inside out. because if I said busy. if jealousy, because I, I mentioned how jealousy, and anger, are blood brothers. You can't have one Fair. without the other. I'm just saying, I when just it find it funny. Okay. Who thought we were lead this to talk about Disney and Inside Out? Hey, that's the that's, thing. Hey, my mind and my brain works in mad ways. I can easily turn anything to anything to flip it into something. That's how I work. You know this. I go on real obscure things, and I think anybody that's listened to this has understanding of it too. So, jealousy, without jealousy, there is no anger. Without anger, there's no jealousy. That's just usually how it works. This movie was great in showing you everything. If you are thinking about doing an open relationship, don't do it. At least that's my opinion. Don't do it until you've seen this true life film. Don't do it at all. I think, matter of fact, I think I'm talking way too much. I'm about to let Nick talk for a minute about what he thought of this. Nick, go ahead. What'd you think? I mean, if uh, I'll just interject like I've been doing the whole time, I don't mind it. Uh, I mean, the whole it was a mess, like I told you before. A bloody mess. Not even bloody mess. It was a hot mess. I'll, I'll going saying bloody mess is too deep into it more, but it was a hot mess. In the title, there's no I in threesome. Well, that's kind of spoiler itself because she made it by herself. I, and well, him too. At the end, talking, revealing all this was just him by himself doing all the documentary. But then, but, but but he wasn't being. But the thing is, he wasn't being selfish in this. I mean, he. I'm not saying he's selfish. I'm just talking about in general. Yeah, I is pretty much there's not I and three of them, which is a perfect title for this because majority she was thinking about herself into it instead of her partner because the whole thing talk about oh you can't spend time with Siobhan but he was just living with she not saying he well she was living with his her side piece majority of the whole time spending literally almost every day with her I mean him whoops hey, it's cool <laughs> but Zoe was spending time all the time with Tom and we're not even talking about business. You even see they cut to them going to, like, restaurants or even cutting to them. I want to say, didn't they go? They were kissing, and she was showing off her lingerie to him. In, that, in and they were... In scenes as well. And they were assembling some other stuff, and it was just so stupid. He's talking about, where do I fit in the equation? He's like, I, you fit... Like, I told you what your place is, and I'm like, this and that. Like he 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 blinded her. He blindsided her with that. And he did that on purpose. People do things on purpose. When you know your role in a situation and you jump out of your role, you did that on purpose. I'm not going into the will and oh, uh, we're not doing that. Cause you I know what? For will. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing August Cena because I believe we can. We can flip that into this and really connect the dots here. If we really want to. Matter of fact, sure. Yeah, why Alex, not? Let's do it. Let's thought. start. Let's start in. Will Smith, Jada Pickett Smith, and August Alcina. Can we put them in the same category as they're no I three some? Yes. We can easily do that. We can easily do that off rip. But I think where the separation comes in is that August Alcina ends up telling the world about it. And need they were gonna keep this whole thing private. This man was in the Smith household and was able to be all up in Jaden's face and Willow's face and even Will Smith's face knowing that he's going to Poundtown right on Jada somewhere in the house and all of them know about it cool and dandy 
Oh, no. Mm-hmm. That's fine and grand. But whenever it is, feelings get hurt because he thought that he was going to be with Jada. That was the Forever. one. And he now comes out saying that he got played and everything else. You could put that in this bubble. I wasn't going to try to, but since we, since my brother brought it up, hey, we're here now. <laughs> August Alcina told the whole world this. Nobody in the world would have said, nobody in the world would have guessed it. Yes, we all kind of guessed that Will Smith and Jada, there was always rumors floating around, but guess what? There are always rumors until somebody proves them right. There are always going to be rumors. There's rumors about everybody across this world, but until it gets proven, guess what? They're only rumors. August Alcina happened to pop. We've told you the pickets, the Smiths have had people in their household. And August was able to prove that out. And he got butt hurt because he didn't want to play the Tom position. Just like Tom got butt hurt because he didn't want to play his position. He got too greedy. And unlike Zoe, Jada said, nah, I'm with Will. You know how this works. You know what your part is. Please play me the t- world's tiniest violin for this man. All you know, Cena got the world's tiniest violin. <laughs> I can't say the same for Tom because Tom ended up getting the girl at the end. And my man Ollie got the world's tiniest violin. That's just what it is. I mean, nah, screw that. My man got nah, the biggest the reason why violin. I said, Nigga, nah, everybody gets to hear that nah, music. The reason why I said play the world's smallest violin is because he tried to turn the situation on Jada. Oh, yeah, with the whole That's uh, why I said Angela that. It's, it's not me saying, oh, play the world finally because he, at the end, got by himself. No, I just love how you tried to turn the situation against them, and they know what the deal was. He didn't play his role, and then he got mad and butthurt and salty about it, and then tried to turn on Jada, and then all that. I mean, I do feel bad for Will. Will had the experience. Will, Will sat there last year. Wait a minute. Was it? Yeah, it was last year. That was last year before the pandemic. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I want to say it was a year. Was it in 2019? You see how time flies? Was it in 2019? Uh, give me a thing. I don't hold know. on. Hold on one minute. Before we give you the answer to that, this I'm having a conflict. My brother's looking it up right now. I'm thinking it was 2020 with August Alcina because entanglement. I want to say it was early 2020. I'm not sure it's 2019. If it was 2019, it was late 2019, because it's going to flip into 2020. But I want to say it was early 2020. Hold on. Jesus Christ. Okay, we're back. My brother just found out that it was in early 2020. I thought it was in early 2020. Summertime. Summertime? Yeah, July, June, around that. That's one of the more articles and all that. Just started covering that, so yeah. Huh. I thought it was, okay, so still, summertime. summertime. Anyway. Yeah. It came in last year. So, this movie should have been perfect coming out last year. That would have been fire. <laughs> if HBO Max would have been last year, in this, oh my God, this thing would have been a complete, complete great package deal. But get to the point. Oliver, Ali, in real life and in the documentary, I think my man got the short end of the stick. Yes, he did. He got, he got the short end of the stick here. I believe that nobody should do... Over relationship, unless you see this film. And if you do, stick to your roles, both part of the film. You, you're, there's no way they're going to be sticking to it. There's no way. You have rules all day. They have rules to drive a certain way, but people still kick them rules, brother. You can have rules all day. There are habitual line steppers that people do. There are habitual line steppers that they're going to cross that rule and cross that line to see how far they can get away with it. That's just what it is. Yes, you have rules. You have some dead rules that you have in the ground that you, I swear to God, used to cross this rule. 
we are going to be... We sc- fighting. We scrapping, we murdering, something's happening. Yes, there's some rules that you know you place down, that you know you can't be crossing, and there's some rules that somebody makes you like, okay, I can cross that. None's going to happen. Like, there's certain... Let, let's be honest. Have there best be no... <laughs> there should be no rule. Like, there should be... Say, all the rules that shouldn't that you, be a rule, then. No. You can say that all you want, my G. I'm just saying. I'm, okay. Speed limit 50. How many times do people go 55? Of course. How many times do people go 60? <laughs> Uh, Let's just keep it a buck here. That's just what happens. But there are some rules that are like legit dead in the ground that are like, okay, no drinking when driving. That's what I'm saying. Those should should be, that's what I'm saying. The only rule that should be up there is the dead in the ground one. Like, if you know you ain't coming back from this relationship, if you cross these lines, that should be a rule. I don't think you should have like rules that just simply you can broke and be fine. It's like, no. Then why do you even have that as a rule? That shouldn't even be a rule then. You know when people make up rules, they just make rules, dude? That's just what it is, brother. That's why I'm telling you, there are going to be rules that people are going to be habitual line steps they can cross because they know nothing's going to happen to I'm them. The thing. And they're just some rules that are dead in the ground. You cross this, I swear to God, we're going to be scrapping or we going to, somebody's going to get murdered. I know, or- but at the same time, if you're going to say, it's like this. If my person come up to me, if I get a person, and they said, oh... I want an open relationship. First of all, I'm not that person. Let's just get that. Just, just, this, say, is a, this is an example here. Yes. And they say, I want an open relationship. You better give them, like, spans of days, both you and that person. Give them spans of days or even a week to come up with their roles before you even do anything. Because that would be like, okay, pinpoint, you had a whole week to think about your role. What gets, like, takes you off. What do not cross. And what would break the relationship instead of having just off the back thinking on top of your head? Like, open relationship is a serious You mean like the shy? Yeah. Like, okay, the shy, ladies and gentlemen, nobody's paid attention to the shy. This season, you had a guy named Emmett and his girl and his uh, baby mother, Keisha. They are now married. Hmm? It's not Keisha. I'm going to say it is Keisha. That is Keisha. That is it. That's her name. Dead up Keisha. That's her name. No, Keisha is the other. No, it's not. That's Kevin's Keisha. Sister. No, it's not. Keisha is his baby mama's name. Well, look it up. Go ahead. We'll go look it up again. We'll pause it again. Wait a minute. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. And we're back. I stand corrected. My brother looked it up, and it was Tiffany. I should have realized it by the name Tiff. But whenever he said Tiffany, I realized, oh, yeah, he does say Tiff. Getting, yeah. to, the, getting to the point, Smug. Getting to the point here. <laughs> the beginning of this season of The Shy, you had Emmett. That was his name. Emmett. There it is. Emmett and Tiff. Emmett was cheating. Well, he didn't cheat on this season. He kind of told his girl that he messed around with Lala Anthony's character. Uh, what's her name? I don't even know. But whatever. Lala. Lala in the last season, and he ends up telling his girl this. Uh, like the first couple episodes, like the first, like I believe, like the he second episode, sweating bullets and all. That, because he yeah. was getting nervous because she, Lala was around. Lala's messing around with Emmett's father. That's her. That's uh, his daddy's girlfriend now. And she, she was, told him she's business partners with Emmett and she's just hanging around the family a lot. So Emmett is just sweating bullets, getting mad anxious, and he can't even focus on anything else. So one night when him and his girl are doing their business, he isn't even focused. Him, his focus is on something else of getting caught and busted out. And his girl ends up asking him, okay, what are you doing? Why aren't you focused? What's on your mind? And he ends up telling her that he slept with Lala. And she walks out and she goes to her client's house and she screws her client. So now, long story short, they're in an open relationship now. They have some rules 
But as you've heard from us in our detail of there's no I threesome, there you can have all the rules you want. Somebody is going to overcross those rules and people's emotions are going to be touched much more as this is going on. So the shy is dealing with that issue right now. I don't know what more else I can say to you about this. Have your emotions in check if you're ever going to do any type of open relationship. Me, I would never do an open relationship. Mm. I am a angry man. I'm able to hold mine down more, <laughs> but I'm a real angry man. I'm able to keep my anger real distance away from people, but once I'm angry in the face, there's no way you can... There, I can't hide that. I have, it takes me a minute to get angry, but whenever I'm passionate about something, and more or less my family and whoever I'm with, that's where my passion comes from. So there's no way when I'm angry, you, there's no way you can't tell that on my face. I I wear that on my sleeve. But more other than that, I'm usually... You mean under? Okay. Oh, no. Not on my sleeve, dog. Because when no, I get upset at the point... Mind. The thing is, whenever you get mad or anything, it takes, like you said, it takes you a good bit. But I'm talking about, you yeah, have people like me... Who literally show flies off the handle? Fly off the handle and show. See, I didn't say. See, I didn't say fly off the handle. I said show my emotions. This thing is in my face. I'm just saying. I'm not the reason why I say you handle. pretty much have your anger under your sleeve. AKA me, it takes a while for it to come out. It's like a turtle. Not so my emotions, my family, or not. I'm talking about regularly. Oh, like for it, me, I can get almost mad at anything I'm talking about. And see, that's why I put it emotion in, in the face. I, I show it. my emotion. That one thing, like wearing your sleeve, like you're showing it most time. Nick. But for you, you kind of run under because it takes a while for it to come out. My, that's why I put it in that box and say, with my family, whoever I'm with, it's on my sleeve. If Man. somebody comes off and say something wrong out the mouth about my family or whoever I'm dealing with, that's where we got a problem. You see anger Fair. on my face. Other than that, I'm cool as anything else. I'm. You can say whatever you want about me. I don't care. I really don't. Hmm. But emotional-wise, I wouldn't do it. I am not that type of person. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not down with it right now. If I was with somebody and she were to tell me, hey, you want to do a three? Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, don't let that slip out of nope. your mouth. No. Nope. It's the old Ricky. I'm going to hit it with the Ricky Bobby. Ayo, keep that buried deep inside. And don't you ever mention that again. I'm not that type. I'm up front with mine. I tell everybody, if I'm going to date with somebody, I'm telling them off rip what I am, who I am. You should expect this out of me. And people might say, Joe, you're off-putting and you're throwing it off. You're going on extra thick. No, I'm just telling you exactly what it is. That's just me. You got anything to add to it? No, it's just cut clean and clear. That's that. <laughs> so, there's no I threesome. I suggest you watch it so you can understand the madness and chaos of what an open relationship is and what it looks like. So you know that you should never step into it. And if you do step into it, these are the pitfalls that you will be seeing if you do enter an open relationship. You want to let people know where you can find you at, Nick? I already did that. We do it at the beginning, and I'm doing it at the end. A.K.A. the beginning and end. <laughs> let people know where they can find you. Dang, More promotion. Good. That's how it works. I appreciate <laughs> ah. Anyway, uh, so you can just find me at Prince Garrett. I have a Twitter and an Instagram, but I don't use it as much. But that's my main thing. So, yeah. 
YouTube, at yeah. Prince Garrett. There you go. That's where you can find my brother at. want you guys to watch uh, There's No Iron Threesome. But I will tell you this. The title of the show episode, as you already know, I said it earlier, there is an M.E. in Threesome. That is real specific. Throughout that film, there is an M.E. in that Threesome. And if you don't know what that means, Emmy and threesome, yeah, there is an Emmy in it. Look at the word threesome. You have Emmy literally at the end of it. Me. Me, 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 me. In that film, in this documentary, it was nothing but me, and AKA being Zoe in this documentary was taking up a lot and a lot and a lot. My man Ollie didn't get none, none, none. My final thing, I'm sorry. In this film, it was main focus on her. Her needs, her needs, her needs. My man Ollie didn't get no play like that. He played on her. He not even played on her. He allowed her emotions and everything else. He even made sure when that he her, did get I'm, some play, she said no. <laughs> no, he made sure to well, her. Not even no. He but, stuck with the original agreement. He put her happiness above his. Mm-hmm. So again, sorry, just had to throw that out there. If anything else, you take away from this thing, don't do a threesome. But if you do, watch watch out for the pitfalls that you will be going into. That's all I'm saying. Again, you can find my brother at YouTube, Prince Garrett. Thank you, Joseph, for coming on to talk about There's No Iron Threesome and elaborating on a couple of things. We dived in from There's No Iron Threesome to Inside Out 2, if they do make one, how they could freestyle it to Will Smith and August Alcina. And, yeah, Will Smith. The Shy. Hmm? Yeah, The Shy. And then we were able to always circle it right back to There's No Iron Threesome. This movie is what true life film was very chaotic and everything else. But again, getting back to it, I'm done talking about it. I'm about to throw a ride back to Gerald over there so he can give everything else again. But again, yes, yes, this is how it works. I throw a ride back to me at the end. If you would look back at a couple of ones I talked about, I threw it right back to myself. Yes, I'm about to throw a ride back to Gerald over there again. But if you want to find Joseph Garrett, you can find him on YouTube at Prince Garrett. Thank you for being on the show. Of course. And with that, Gerald, I'm throwing it right back to you. Thank you for listening to that um, mischief of a review for There's No I in Threesome. And I stick to every opinion that I had in that piece. I believe that the girl Zoe was selfish in this whole film, even though it does turn out that it was an actress. But my man did have to relive out. Ali did have to relive and also create the exact same scenes that he did uh, have with his former fiance for this actress to play. This film was diabolical to anybody's psyche. If you ever think about having a threesome, I still recommend you and I still put the stamp of approval that you have to watch this movie just so you can understand that you do not need to be going into a open relationship and thinking that, oh, my emotions are going to get caught up into things. We're going to be able to make an easy, simple split. We're going to just going to have fun. No, that's not the case here. You guys will get screwed in the end. Somebody's always going to be too attached to somebody outside a relationship while the per your partner is uh, going to be longing for your love because you guys decide to do this open relationship and think everything's fine and dandy while they are oblivious to you falling out of love with them and in love with their person outside of y'all's actual relationship. But anyway, that was my and my brother's opinion on the 
film slash documentary, or as we now coined it and say, true life film. And that is all for today on my two cents podcast. Before I head out of here, I want to give you guys my social media ads yet again that I do every week. And for Twitter, it's at my two podcasts on Instagram, my two cents podcast G2. And for business is at my two cents pod at yahoo.com. If you want to talk to me about anything, or if you want to come up with any uh, type of sponsorship to sponsor this podcast, it's greatly appreciated. And also um, this podcast is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean, ladies and gentlemen. And whenever you do, look at the reviews please give me any star review that you think i deserve for this podcast and also whenever you do leave down a review give me some type of feedback tell me what you like tell me what you didn't like everything does get read and also um i do read everything and i try to come up and blend everybody's opinion about what they've told me i have taking uh opinions from my parents that listen to my podcast i've taken opinions from advice opinion slash advice from other people that have listened to my podcast and i try to incorporate it inside this podcast like the music that you're listening to right now the music that you're listening to right now underneath my voice is gorillas the last chord it's the instrumental if you haven't listened to the gorillas i suggest you listen to them it's a great uh, stylist style band, but the music that for this that you're listening to right now, the last chord is a great song. It's just basically a lot of harmony, and it's nothing that you. It's basically something that you just groove to in the background. But now, after I said all this, after this has all been said and done, I hope you guys have a great Sunday. Hope you guys have a great and wonderful week. Attack the week strong and hard, so whenever the weekend rolls around, you can just have fun and lay out and just breathe. Also, remember, keep your mask on, still stay within, still stay six feet away from each other. Even if you got the vaccine, if you don't have the vaccine, it is recommended strongly to still wear your mask because you don't want to have Corona out here and die out here. So with all that being said, uh, this has been my two cents podcast presented by G2. I have been your host G2. Uh, you can also look for my brother again, he's on YouTube at Prince Garrett and I recommend you just listening to him. He's a, uh, YouTuber who's has a little, he has a little fan base within himself. We're trying to expand his, uh, audience out so that he can become bigger and bigger as the years go on. The same thing. I want this podcast to be bigger and bigger, but anyway, this has been my two cents podcast, uh, presented by G2. I thank you. You'll be listening to this sweet sounding voice next Sunday and next Saturday, next Saturday for the wrestling highlights of the week and next Sunday for another Sunday top Sunday uh, episode about any topics I plan and will be talking about. Do I know what I'm talking about next Sunday? No, not at all. But you guys will all find out with me whenever I do talk about it next Sunday. And with that, I bid you guys adieu. Farewell. Adios. Uh, Yeah. Bye-bye. Have a great Sunday and a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. Bye-bye now.